0: Welcome to the As Cool As It Gets podcast, where HVAC is hot. What's up, everyone? My name is Gianna, and I am the host of this podcast, which is a Fujitsu General America affiliated show. On today's episode, the very first episode of this show is with none other than Ben Poole of HVAC Tactical. Ben is doing some crazy, amazing things in this trade. He is experienced, he's wise, and he is just all around a tactical man. He's shaking things up in the best way, so you don't want to miss what he's doing. If you're not on social media, if you're not on Instagram, it's about time you get on. It's 2023, okay? Ben's social handles are in the show notes, so follow him to stay connected with everything he's got going on. And with that, enjoy the show. I am super excited, Ben, that you're here on this show. We are in Las Vegas. Ben is speaking at the TSA conference that we have here. We're super excited about it, and we know he's going to do a great job. In the meantime, we got him on this podcast, and we're going to talk about his background, his brand. So without further ado, Ben. What's going on? How did you get started in this industry?
1: Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm third generation in this business, so I was born and raised in this industry. Uh, Just brought up doing it my grandfather and my dad were in the business and um yeah sweeping up shop making sheet metal installing doing service work moved into management sales eventually opened up my own shop and um actually a couple shops but um yeah so it's uh you know i've kind of done it all if you will
0: so you were born into it essentially it's a it's a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. yeah So tell me more about the logo and the brand name. HVAC Tactical? Yeah.
1: So HVAC Tactical is, um, obviously the name stems from, you know, being tactical. Being tactical is really just a mindset. Um, You can pretty much do anything in life in a tactical way. Um, But most people, our culture, views tactical as SWAT teams and military and, you know, AR-15s and guns and, and body armor. Um, but if you just, if you stop and kind of just think about the mindset that SWAT teams and, and military use to accomplish their missions, um, it's, it's very thought out. It's very methodical. It's Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end. This is your job. This is my job. We're all going to do our jobs. We're all going to get home. The job's going to be complete. It's going to be a success. And you can really take that mindset and plug it into anything in life um, you know, HVAC in general, just hey, this is the job, this is what we're gonna do, this is how we're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it great, it's gonna get done, and it's gonna be a success. Mm-hmm. So uh being tactical is really just a mindset. It's not really military or guns, if you will. Uh and then the logo portion of that is um I kind of had an idea of what I wanted and then uh, I submitted it to a guy who was doing some stuff for me and he came back with a couple of renditions and then I said, Hey, move this here, move this here. And he did it. And I was like, that's it. So that's the one. it was very fast. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's so normal to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who have just been introduced to the brand, they're like, dude, what a killer logo, man. So, and I've had le- several sick. people try to try to steal it from me. So. They take the tactical out and they put their own word in there or whatever.
0: Imitation is the best form of flattery, they say. Y- yeah,
1: but you know, when you spend a lot of money and yeah. time to build something. That's true. So it's just irritating.
0: But. That's true. Well, I mean, the brand is awesome. I haven't come across another, I would say HVAC tactical, like a brand similar to yours. Yeah,
1: nobody's doing what we're doing. Yeah. And I I, I prefer, I mean, I want people to join the movement and do mm-hmm. what do what it is we're doing, but it's we're, we're doing is just so different. It's never really been done. And, um, some people just don't get it. I did a podcast a couple weeks back and the guy was like, I still don't understand what it is you do. And mm-hmm. <laughs> if I have to explain it, dude, you ain't going to get it.
0: Yeah. So, so I was, I was, I was going to say, well, explain what you do, <laughs> but, um, I guess what's like the goal. What is the goal behind HVAC tactical?
1: The goal is really just to elevate the trade, right? Like you have to, you have to motivate somebody to want to be a bit part of something that's much bigger than themselves. Mm. And then when they buy into that mindset, they start taking control of their future. They start taking control of their career and of their training and of their education. And when that happens, you get this guy who truly becomes great at what he does, not because he's there every day for a paycheck, but because he genuinely is passionate about what he's doing. Mm. And, you know, you, you start with one person That person helps another guy. Those people help another guy. Before you know it, you have this army of people who are just trying to truly be great at what they do and be passionate in this trade. And that's really all we're trying to do is just elevate people because when the people of this industry unify together and elevate, the entire industry elevates. And when the entire industry elevates, now we're not sitting around bickering with homeowners on price. And, you know, oh, well, this guy said he'll do it for a thousand dollars cheaper. Go for it. Dude, pound sand. That's Mm -hmm. not the kind of work that we do, you know? yeah. And I think that um, we've played those games for far too long from homeowners to general contractors to home builders, you know, Um, I think it's just time for all of us to elevate our game, elevate our craft, elevate our mindset. And, uh, and then the money follows, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's got to start with a passion of what you're doing. It it can't just start with the money.
0: Definitely. And I will say as, as somebody in social media, I have not seen personally people in a trade or in, I guess, a certain yeah job field who have been so supportive of one another and like just reposting each other's stuff. And everybody's just, it seems like a family, like that's the best way I could put it, I think. And, and that's such a refreshing thing to see.
1: Yeah. It's, Instagram is definitely different than Facebook. Definitely. Um, just this morning I was fielding comments off of a Facebook post and this guy said something just sideways. And I said, Hey, mm. thanks for, thanks for sliding through and leaving your thoughts. Yeah. And he goes, his response to me was like, did I ask you for your effing opinion? Mm. You know? And I was just like, but here you are getting it. Right. You know what I mean?
0: like, <laughs> Cause you probably gave yours. Right? Exactly.
1: So no yeah, it's, I know it's crazy, man. Just, uh, Facebook is just full of trolls, man. I just don't understand it. it. Um, but you know, unfortunately there's a lot of good people on Facebook that I'm just kind of like, Hey, come over to the good side. You mm-hmm. know, we're all, we're all on Instagram. We're all a big family. for um, real. But yeah, it's uh Facebook is it very, very much can be pretty toxic.
0: It's, so. it's, it's a different world. Um, and I know that cause we'll post content on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And the comments like are widely different. Like yeah. it's just, it's crazy. And that stuff
1: is crap. Yeah. Never buy that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean, everybody's got a vent, I guess. You had
1: to do it on my post.
0: <sighs> they got to pick someone <laughs> at some point. Right. And then social media. I mean, it's talking about Instagram. Your account is pretty big. How many followers do you have?
1: Uh, We're right at about 17 and a half now. Okay. Yeah. How, we,
0: how was that growth? Was it like steady? Was it quick? It comes in waves. Yeah. It
1: comes in waves just in the last two, I mean, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I was at 15,000. Mm-hmm. So I've gained two, just north of 2000 followers in the last two weeks. Wow. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's. that's yeah. Well, awesome. I
1: did this one post, um, about my trailer. I have this work trailer that I did a video on and mm-hmm. how I put lights on it with a, with an M18 Milwaukee battery. And, um. One day I was on a job and I just looked at it and I was like, oh man, wow, I got like I got like, 30,000 plays on this thing. Like that's the most plays I've ever had on a video, you know? And I was like, that's pretty wild. And then
0: like- It's always the ones you don't expect. <laughs> seven
1: hour, it was a seven second video, seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And then like seven hours after that, I look and I'm at like 140,000 plays and I'm like, whoa, this thing's crazy. And then- it's, it's kind of plateaued now, but it's sitting at almost 900K. Wow. And then I did a, people were like, do a follow-up video and do a walkthrough. And so I did a follow-up video and that video on Facebook is over a million views now. Wow! So altogether, total between Instagram and and uh, Facebook, between those two posts, I have over two million views.
0: That's crazy. So it's pretty well. So when you first started this out, were were you trying to make something on social media, or was it more um, about the brand? So. And you have even go and you can talk about your social media strategy, if you have one, or is this all just like It's proprietary? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, before, I had a personal Instagram. I still have it, but I never use it. Um, I think I plateaued on that at like three hundred followers, and yeah. I just, you know, I'd make some funny content and stuff like that. But That's I subjective. basically,
0: <laughs>
1: it was funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: going to find it. I'm going to pull it up. It's funny if you're if you're funny. Right. Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Um, and so I was on that and I was following this guy on YouTube uh, in aviation because I like I fly planes. And so I'm an aviation enthusiast and, um, you know, I'm just watching this guy and I'm like, man, what this guy is doing with aviation is so cool. Just having this YouTube channel, like he's just doing something special, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, I wonder if I could be like, that for HVAC like just be a face in in the HVAC world and I was like you know I'm gonna look into that and then I quickly realized like I was way late to the game like there's so many guys already on here killing it you know and uh and so I was like you know I want to do something different I don't want to do what all these other guys are doing and so I just kind of toyed around with it and finally ended up coming up with HVAC tactical stuff and it just kind of blossomed into this thing yeah it's just been pretty wild
0: And I think, I mean, when you say there's so many people who are already doing it, there's, there's always room. Right. And it seems like you are doing something different that not everybody else is doing. You're obviously like you get a following because you're offering something of value. Right. So, and that's what everybody wants. It's like, how do we, how do we grow our following? Why aren't I getting more followers? And it's like, okay, well, what kind of content are you putting out?
1: Right. I think for me, um, I just try to focus on just being genuine with my audience, um, Typically the audience knows when you're not being genuine and, um, I just try to be who I am and I make no apologies for that. And sometimes I say things that are wrong and, but I'm not above reproach. I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to learn something, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So um, I've had plenty of conversations with guys that I don't agree with, but I hear them out and I'm like, well, that, that does make sense. You know, like, let me look into that a little bit more. Um, so I'm open to it. I'm open to change. I'm open to learning. And I think that's really where it starts. You have to put your ego aside and be willing to say, hey, look, I don't know everything. Right. Um, but yeah, for me, I just I try to be genuine. I just I try to make funny stuff. I, I try to make product videos. And, you know, I have some sponsors on the back end mm-hmm. that uh, I'm committed to and that I have to you know keep pushing out content for. Um, and then, uh, try to do like tech stuff, you know what I mean? So I'll do a couple little, uh, tips and tricks here and there just to kind of say, Hey, this is how this, this works or this is why you should do it this way. But I'm not trying to duplicate what anybody else is doing. Mm. You know? Um, it's funny cause I like, have an idea for a video and then like somebody will roll one out and I'm like, well, I can't post that now because mm-hmm. it looks like I'm just trying to copy them. You right. Know? So then that, the whole the whole energy that I had behind that whole thing just got pushed out the window. So Mm -hmm. I have a post that I haven't posted yet. Uh, it'll be a reel, and I think it's pretty funny, but you know, I guess we'll see. We'll see.
0: We'll see. (laughs) And when it comes to monitoring who your audience is, are you doing that? Do you know like the demographic mostly like what's the age group? Um
1: I have stats for that. I don't yeah, have any of that don't. memorized. Okay. Yeah. For me that none of that really matters. Yeah. Um, you know, some people will be like, man, you should know your numbers or your business and this and that. And I'm like, dude, I I'm not I don't care. Mm. So as long as my thing is, is like I would rather have a smaller amount of followers and have them all in my industry than to have a million followers and only a small percentage of them in my industry. Mm. Because I'm not trying to reach people outside of the trade. Right. I'm trying to reach people in the trade, people who are in the trenches, people who are, uh, doing what we do for a living and just trying to encourage them to truly be the best at what they do.
0: Yeah. And I mean, going off that, it seems like, well, there is right. There's a kind of a hole in the, in the trade. Like there's a void, there's a void, right? There's a void of, of a younger generation, right? Wrong. No,
1: you're not wrong.
0: So that's why I guess why I'm asking about the, the demographic, if you're paying attention to, like, are you, are, because it's not a dying trade, no, is it, right? No, it's never going to go anywhere.
1: It's, you can't, artificial intelligence can't do what it is we do, right? I was at a supercross race last weekend in Phoenix, and actually, rewind that, like two weeks before that, I was, uh, three weeks before that, I was at a supercross race in Arlington, and I'm sitting in there just looking around, and I'm thinking, how many of these people in here are blue collar? And I would venture to say like 95% of them, Mm -hmm. right? And then I start seeing all these kids running around and thinking like, what are all these kids going to grow up to be, right? Are mom and dad going to push them off to college? And, you know, like what are their plans? And I'm like, man, I wish I could just have these like, these like little pocket conversations with all these people and just start, start asking, you know? Yeah. So then I thought, how does a guy like me get in front of a crowd of a stadium of people like this and tell them that they should not send their kids to college and send them into mm-hmm. the trades. Right. Cause they yeah. make, they'll make more money, you know? And, um, so I just start thinking like, how do we make that happen? You know? So the wheels just start turning. And so for me, I'm trying to shine a positive, refreshing light on the trade, trying to encourage the trade to be better, trying to leave the trade in a better place than it was when I found it. And I've been doing this my entire life. So um, for me, it's kind of like we have to stop trying to recruit people in this industry and start attracting people to this industry. Mm. And how do we do that, right? You can do that from a lot of different ways. But for me, it's kind of like, well, how about we come up with some cool swag that's industry specific, right? It's trade specific. How about we come up with an award show that's trade specific, right? Mm-hmm. Be like, man, I want to go do HVAC. Why? Dude, they got they got their own clothing line stuff. They got their own award show that they're doing, right? They got their own magazine that's coming out. Like this is just cool stuff that's so different and yeah. so outside of the box. Right. And I'm not saying that you should make a decision to get into a trade just because of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. But it sure helps, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just trying to try, I'm just trying to make HVAC sexy again. Right. It seems like we've lost our, it's, we've lost its luster. You yeah. A few miles back.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's how I heard about you was the, the award show. Um,
1: so, Tell me, what did you hear?
0: Well, we just heard great things, um, that exactly what you just said, that you're trying to attract people to the trade. And it seems like you're doing it. After that, after I heard about you and the Orcho, I did a little social media stalking Oh, and I did see a few funny posts. You, did, you not, didn't find no. my
1: magic mic site, did
0: you? Not yet. <laughs> 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 oh no, that'll be in the magazine.
1: That'll be in the magazine. Center Stay pole. Tuned. Oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the award show, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Sure. All right. Tell us what goes on at an HVAC tactical award show.
1: Well, it started with this long lengthy line down the block, uh, because we had, we couldn't let anybody in cause we were having some technical difficulties. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the amount of people that was standing on the curb outside was just incredible. And I was like, I I walked out there and I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of people here. And like people across the street were like, what's going on over there? They're taking pictures Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, because this is a black tie affair, right? So everybody standing outside is downtown Atlanta, all in tuxedos and gowns and suits. And I mean, everybody's looking just fresh. Mm -hmm. And I tell my buddy, I was like, dude, I got to get back inside, take some pictures. He took like two pictures and they were both selfies. And I'm Ah. like, for real, bro. So that just, it killed me, man. I should have mm-hmm. sent the, I should have sent the photographer out there, but, but that's kind of how it started. They came mm-hmm. in, they did a uh, registration and then we all went into a cocktail hour. Cocktail hour was just some time for people to network and get to know each other mm-hmm. and, and meet people that they hadn't met before. They only watched on social media. Right. I mean, and, and the biggest influences in our trade were in attendance. So, in you know, I know I don't care <laughs> for that word, but I'm just saying what it is. Um, Ben is
0: going to redefine the term influencers and it's going to be a more positive thing. (laughs) When I come up
1: with a definition, I'll let you know. But yeah, there's a a gentleman by the name of Craig Migliaccio who's actually an award winner that night. Um, And I just remember sitting back and I was talking to somebody and I was watching him come through the red carpet walk and take pictures and just kind of pause, you know, that the flashes are going off in the background. And I'm just like, wow, dude, like, Here's a guy who's got the biggest YouTube channel out of anybody on any mm. HVAC. And, uh, and he's here at the event, just smiling, just soaking it in, just meeting people, just meeting fans, you know. And I'm like, this is what it's about, dude, right here. Everybody's leveling up right here because this guy's got so much knowledge. He's just dropping on everybody, you know. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, we did it. We did it, man. You know what I mean? And there was a couple moments. It was just very surreal for me. Like all this hard work I spent the last eight months grinding away Mm -hmm. to make this thing happen. And we did it, you know, it it was a success. And so, um, so we go from cocktail hour, uh, and then we had all the red carpet stuff. We had people doing red carpet interviews and there's a lot of real cool stuff happening. And then after that, we all went to dinner. Uh, we sit down, for uh for a full full plated dinner and then uh, after dinner we were launched into the award show and then we gave out eleven awards and um yeah I mean all the all everybody who was anybody on social media for HVAC was there. Yeah. So and it was great. We had a lot of people doing announcements, uh introducing um uh categories, giving away awards, like it just it was a really, really cool and fun time. So you guys sad I out.
0: didn't I'm so sad I didn't get an invite. <laughs>
1: Gotta get What's a girl got to do?
0: I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe. In Chicago. The windy city.
1: The the shirts and the hats and the swag, like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that has quickly just become kind of like the mouthpiece or the marketing aspect of, of what it is we're doing. You know, this mm. brand has just kind of grown and blossomed into these other things, yeah. you know, and the award show being one of them.
0: I definitely... I got lost in the, in the passion of what you're talking about. That's what I was going to say. I was the first time that I had a conversation, the first time that I don't know if I, I, had, I had the conversation with you, I was listening to the conversation. Um, and you were telling me and my boss about what you do and I could sense the passion. And I think when, whenever you meet somebody who's so passionate about something, it makes you interested it makes you like just want to know more and that's how I felt and I think um you just capture the passion so well and I think the the people that you're trying to attract will see it and um you're gonna have you're gonna fill that void
1: I love my trade you know I'm born and raised in this thing um I just I love my trade Uh, and I'm just trying to leave it in a better condition than it was when I found it not everybody agrees with what I'm doing and that's okay um, you know some people say that we're on different paths and whatever uh, I just feel like we're all doing different things we're all trying to achieve the same thing right mm-hmm. so I can be technical when I need to be technical but that's not what I'm trying to be about you mm-hmm. know what I mean I'll share what I, I'll share any knowledge that I have you know uh, but man there's guys out there who are way smarter than me yeah and those guys you know feel free to learn from them
0: how do you go about? giving people awards, like who, how do you determine who gets what?
1: We try to stick to people who are involved in the community, uh, on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people like, you know, if you're some guy in Montana and you're doing, you know, installs or whatever, like how do we know about you if yeah. you're not on, if you're not plugged into the community. Right. right. So, uh, we try to stick to people in the community. Um, we also take nominations, uh, via the website so people can nominate, you know, their peers. Um, it only takes one nomination. Um, it's always funny to see like 30 nominations come through for one person in Mm -hmm. the same day. And Mm -hmm. clearly you like went to all your parts houses and were like, dude, go here, here's the link. Right. Um, but then I have a a small committee that we look at uh, all these people. We say, Hey, you know, what category do they fit in? Or Mm -hmm. does this person fit for best podcast or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a process for sure. Um, it's honestly, man, it's so stressful. It's so stressful because, you know, there's so many deserving people. You can only pick one, right? And the top three get essentially highlighted on stage with, with like a promo reel, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get, they announce the winner from an from an envelope on stage. Um, some of the winners are present. Some of them are not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so hard, man, because you really feel like, man, I hope I'm making the right decision here, right? And mm-hmm. then like this last show in Atlanta, we got some blowback. Some people just talking madness are like, man, I can't believe that. You know, it's like, dude, why don't you just be supportive of what's yeah. happening instead of trying to break it down? You yeah. Know I mean? So um, it's challenging for sure. But, you know, it's nothing worthwhile isn't without its challenges. Mm. And if it was easy, anybody would do it.
0: That's true. And not everybody does it. So nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. So,
1: but you will see. So,
0: to that we will say.
1: Well, there you go. Hey, that was very good.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, you will see award shows and awards to the to the people in the trenches becoming a regular thing now mm. because we helped pave the way for that to happen. Yeah. So, and a, well, a part of me goes, "Man, you can't duplicate what we're doing, right? Like, what are you doing, man? Just trying to mm-hmm. bite off what we're doing." But at the same time, I'm like, good, we need this. We need the industry to recognize and pay more attention to the men and women in the trenches because without us, you don't move product. Without us, it doesn't get installed. Without us, it doesn't get serviced, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we just, the more awareness we bring to the men and women in the trenches, the better off we are.
0: Yeah, and you're definitely inspiring a lot of people to... I'd say maybe even if they are doing similar things, it's a little different. I've seen, um, a new thing, HVAC visionaries. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I don't, do I credit that to you? I don't know, but I would say you definitely inspired them to, to do something more. And I think that you've, you've recaptured a love for the trade and people sense it and they want to, they want people, you want to love what you do. It's your life, right? Like, you spend a lot of your time at work working and you got to either love it or you hate it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, my goal isn't to stand around and take credit for whatever happens. Right. Like people say that I'm, you know, the godfather of this movement and I'm not, (laughs) it's just, I'm just one guy who is just another pair of legs pushing this thing along. Right. Like it takes a community for something like this to happen. It doesn't happen with one person. Yeah. So, um, yeah. One of the, one of the guys from HVAC Visionaries is, I'm um, he's been kind of working under me for last couple of years, mm. kind of like a mentor to him. Mm. Um, and so he's, he's become very, very passionate in this industry. And, um, so he's, he's a good kid. He's, yeah. he's going places. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I can tell. And I'm excited to see what he does. Me too. Okay. Here's a question. Here we go. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting out in the industry Hmm. or, and, or who is looking to improve their skills in the field?
1: Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We have two big problems in this industry. Number one is lack of education and number Mm -hmm. two is ego. And there's no lack of ego in this industry. I think that, in order for you to recognize the fact that you don't know everything there is to know, it takes you laying down your ego to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what I would recommend for somebody in this industry is like, just because you've been doing this for 20 years, doesn't mean you've been doing it right for 20 years. So I would recommend go back, Continue to learn, keep teaching yourself, learn from other people. And believe it or not, people who are younger than you and people who have been in the trade for less time than you still can teach you something mm-hmm. because you get so stuck in your ways that you tend to overlook the obvious stuff. Um, and somebody who wants to get into this trade. So I, I actually just received a message the other day We've, and we, I get a lot of these, but this one specifically stood out because this guy says, I live in Connecticut I work at Whole Foods. I've been working here for two years and I want to get into HVAC. I have zero experience and nobody here in Connecticut will hire me because I have zero experience. Hmm. And so I, I kind of follow that up with a series of questions just to try to kind of feel the guy out, right? Like, are you serious about this? Do you, how bad do you want this? Are you willing to put in the work? Right? I know people all over the country, business owners, technicians, installers, and I said, if you're serious about this, I have somebody, a friend of mine who owns a company in Connecticut. I said, what part of Connecticut are you in? He goes, I'm in Hartford. I said, she's got a company like 20 minutes from you. Mm-hmm. So by the end of that, within the next 20 minutes, I had an interview set up for him at this company. And mm-hmm. he had spent all this time trying to figure out how he wanted to get it, how he was going to get into this trade because nobody would even give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. Well, this particular company actually has an apprentice program which is perfect for somebody who doesn't know anything, right? Yeah. It brings them up through the paces. And I think it's important for people to realize when you want, when you get into this industry, don't make it a career of being a maintenance technician. Don't make it a career of being a service technician. Don't make it a career of being an installer, right? Get with a company who's willing to put a career path in front of you and say, Hey, here's the steps. And here's the time frame of what we're looking to get this done. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise what ends up happening is you tend to get stuck. Yeah. And you get stuck in this rut and that's why these installers are, they've been installing for 30 or 40 years and their knees are blown out. Their backs are broken. Like mm-hmm. that's not the life that you want, right? right? It's got a, it's got a, a shelf life. So go through the paces, put in the time, pay your dues, work your way up, and then eventually get into where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about this industry is there's so many people specialties, right? It's like yeah. being a doctor, you can choose what it is you want to specialize in. You can specialize in VR VRV stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You can specialize in mini splits. You can specialize in residential, you can specialize in light commercial, heavy commercial, uh industrial, grow houses. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? So being here in Vegas looking out of these windows, you see all of these rooftop units, these massive, massive units, right? You can specialize in all this stuff. Yeah. You just have to decide what it is you want to be and who it is you want to be in this industry, find that groove and just run with it. So that would be my advice.
0: I think that's great advice. I tend to think so. <laughs> and whoever's listening, definitely take Ben up on that. Yep. All three of you. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um, so for yourself, what's the most important lesson that you've learned in the industry? Oh,
1: that's an easy one for me. Um, the most valuable lesson I've had to learn, and I learned this last year, and I've been doing this for a long time, is that it's, it's something that I always say, and I've said for years in this industry, is that this industry will drive you to uh, drinking, drugs, and divorce right? Not not in any specific order. Um, but that's pretty common in our industry. You see a lot of guys, right? It's one of those top three. And what I had to learn last year that it wasn't the trade that does that to you. It's the decisions and the commitments you make within the trade that does that to you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, last year I had some real heavy family issues that, that kind of piled up. And it's because I spent so many years just putting the business and putting the industry and the trade, you know, before family. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I would recommend and advise and just take a little bit of wisdom from me to, to somebody else in the industry is don't forsake number one, don't forsake your family, but don't forsake the journey in this industry. Right. Um, You have to pay your dues. You have to go through the small things in order to get through the big things. But man, at the end of the day, you could break your legs. You're out, you're out of HVAC, Mm -hmm. right? Unless you're going to sit in an office all day. Right. But guess what? You come home and who's still at your home, right? Your family's still Mm -hmm. there for you. So HVAC comes and goes. So I would say is don't forsake your family. Put your family first. It's easy. It's real easy to work a 16, 17 hour day. And just because, well, hey man, the job's got to get done, right? Yeah. But nobody's telling you you have to do that. So right. um, that would be my advice. It's a where, do
0: you, where do you think the pressure comes from then for people to work those long hours?
1: I think it's a mixture of both personal drive and um, self-gratification. Like, hey, man I, I, man, I got this customer up and running or I got that job done or I, mm. I sold that job. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also em- employers. Right. Hey, man, we got work, bro. You know what I mean? And here's kind of a prime example is I had one of the best employees that I ever had worked for me for, man, I don't know, probably about a year, maybe, maybe two years. Um, Came out of the military. He was working on black, uh, Black Hawk helicopters, super mechanically inclined, picked up everything like a sponge. I mean, he just was, he was just incredible. And he came to me one day and was like, hey, man, I I would really like to be off on Thursdays because my wife is off on Thursdays, right? And I'm like, off on Thursdays in the Mm -hmm. middle of the week? bro? you freaking crazy? It's like, this is a wrong industry, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, man up, dude.
0: We don't take rest days. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he goes, well, you know, if I could try to be off by like 5 o'clock, you know, I really want to try to spend time with my wife when she gets out of work, you know, Mm -hmm. and this and that. And I'm like, 5 o'clock, bro? Dude, we work till the jobs are done, you know? And it was just this old school mentality that I was raised with in this industry and in this old school culture that just basically made me shun that idea. Right. And looking back now, after losing him, I look back now and I go, would I have made the exception to give him a Thursday's off and make sure he was off by five to keep one of the best employees that I've ever had? Mm yes yeah i would have right is that fair to other people i don't know my my thing is is be better you know what i mean like i think your value what you bring to the table dictates what you get out of your employer i mean straight up for sure so for me it's kind of like learning that kind of cultural lesson if you will right just because we've been doing it this way for 30 or 40 years doesn't mean that we should continue to do it this way and sure doesn't mean that it's the right way. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, learning things like that, um, kind of the hard life lessons along the way. Um, yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, wow. It sounds like the hours are really long, but I would say that goes for so many people who are career-driven, right, that you have to separate work and home life. Um, I mean, for me, I remember growing up, like, my dad was at every volleyball game, every basketball game, even though I was terrible. Like he was there and that's something he had always taught me and my brothers was, I don't know. They just, he just wanted to be home by a certain time to, to be at those moments. Um,
1: and was your dad in a trade? No. no,
0: he was in um, finance.
1: Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with being in finance, yeah. but I think that that's the difference between being in the trade mentality and the corporate mentality. Okay, right? yeah. And so in the trade mentality, it's always just you work till the job is done. We work Saturdays, we work Sundays, like we we just work. That's yeah. We have no problem. Being lazy is not our problem, right? Our problem is is that we work harder, not smarter. Mm. And corporate guys tend to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And um, and I think. Oops, sorry about that. Mm. And I think that um, that's something that I'm really trying to push in the industry. You know, why would you want to go do 100 jobs in a year when you could do 50 jobs in a year and make the same amount of money by simply building more value, Yeah. right? Doing a few things that are a little bit different than everybody else and now you can sell a job for more and do less of them. Why would you not want that?
0: Yeah, and I'm sure at, at some point maybe it would, it would take some adjusting, but even the customers, right, like they would get used to these, you know, all right, you guys aren't working these long hours anymore. Like at first it would be like, why isn't this job done yesterday? Well,
1: there's, but There's companies now that are, I mean, taking a step out and being really bold about it and going, Hey, look, dude, we don't work past five o'clock on a Saturday yeah. and we don't work on Sundays. So mm-hmm. if it's, unless you got water raining down your ceiling, like we're not showing up, right. you know, and it's just is what it is. And And I think most reasonable people are like, okay, I understand, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But it's always the, you know, I don't know what word you want to use, the the snippety or the snooty or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of like, oh no, you better get here now. You know, it's just kind of like, maybe that's not the customer for me, right? Yeah. Everybody has a customer for them and uh, not every customer is for me. And I think that if you take the time to build the relationships with your clients and you give them kind of the expectation up front that all that stuff is pretty easily handled on the back end. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to just kind of like, well, this is the way that you guys have always done it, right? Or this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're the only companies who, who stand up from Thanksgiving dinner with our own families to go rescue somebody else's family.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's tough. And I mean, I shouldn't have to be that way.
1: It shouldn't. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. it is, but you know, I'm just doing my small part just to try to help make that shift.
0: Shake it up. You gotta.
1: Disrupt. I like the word disrupt.
0: Disrupt. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're disrupting. I'm trying,
1: you know, some people don't like it.
0: They can kick rocks.
1: (laughs) The old, the old heads don't (laughs) like it.
0: Well, they're phasing out anyway. (laughs) This is
1: true yeah sometimes things are so different right where these older people in the industry, will, you know we've been doing it for this way for 50 years we know why it's always worked no it's just always worked for you yeah it doesn't work for everybody else you know yeah. working 16 17 yeah. hour days nobody nobody wants to work so unless your life at home is so miserable that you'd rather just work I get it mm-hmm. right that's yeah. not me that's not mine right that's not a majority of the people in this industry so I think we level up. We work smarter, not harder. We level up our game. We master our craft. We educate ourselves. We bring more value to the table. We can work less hours. We can work, make more money. We can spend more time with our family. Have more money to spend on our family. Take better vacations. Like the list goes on and on, right? And um, and how do we do that? Well, forcing yourself to level up and be better is the first good step. Mm. So,
0: yeah, and I think the younger people who are in this trade now will. Hopefully take your lead, take note of what you're saying and really just take this advice to heart and um, remember the things that matter and put those first. 100%. Ben, are there anything, any other comments, any anything else you want to?
1: Not off the top of my head.
0: Okay. Well, I think we covered a good bit. Would you say?
1: Yeah.
0: It was a good conversation.
1: I appreciate you having me on.
0: I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for coming on and where can I mean, I'm whoever's listening to this and they're not following you, I would be surprised, but where can people find you, follow you?
1: You can follow me pretty much on every social media platform except for TikTok. I mean, I have a TikTok, but I don't ever <laughs> post on it because not yet. lots of different reasons why, but, mm. uh, TikTok, not TikTok, I'm sorry, let me back up <laughs> every social media platform except for TikTok, uh, HVAC tactical, that's the handle. Uh, and you can find us on the website at hvctactical.com, uh, grab all your swag and, um, yeah, and get plugged into the community.
0: Yeah. So. And I don't think we talked much about the magazine. We might've mentioned it, but keep an eye out for that. I would say the HVAC tactical magazine It's Isn't coming me?
1: for sure. Uh, it's on the way. We're going to do about four of them a year. Um, kind of like a sports illustrated for HVAC, if you will. Ooh. So, Yeah. Just so a bunch see, of men in bikinis. I was you know? gonna
0: say, men in bikinis. I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you.
1: You're welcome, thank you.